And we are live here with the 2-0 Green Bay Packers. It is a great day, my friends. Uh, victory Sunday night going into Monday morning. Always a good thing to be here. And I've got two of my closest friends, if you want to call it that. I guess if we could call it that if Todd's here. But I've got Todd. I've got the Todd V. Todd Varney's with me. And, of course, the newlywed Sanjay Murthy. Hey. Sanjay and the newly shaved uh, Sanjay, congratulations. It's a good thing, I guess, that you didn't make. I said last, I was thinking about saying last week, maybe you should have made the bet that they wouldn't put up back-to-back 40 burgers, but I guess uh, they did that too. So yeah. you would have had to shave your head anyways. So how's it feel to be bald and how's it feel to be married? Uh, first off, married, uh, it's awesome. Married my best friend. She's amazing. And it was a great Aww. wedding. A lot of love and support from everybody around the Packer community and even obviously all you guys at Game On and you know everybody that is friends with me. So that's cool. Bald is definitely getting something used to. I'm always going like this, you know, because like I don't typically have my head like this. But uh, it was kind of funny how many people were like, hey, what are you betting on this week? Or, hey, what was your bet this week? Because I had 42. And I'm like, no, there wasn't there wasn't any bet this week. But you never know. Stay tuned to on Tuesday. There might be a bet. So for those of you guys that don't know the round table, the whole purpose of this is to get some people together from this network and some guests from some different places and different shows. And I have our guest here now, and that is my friend and the godfather of the Packer Report and the hardest working man in Packers media, and that is Ross Uglum. Ross, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I think I mentioned Packer Report and what, like 10 other websites or something like that. So where all can we find you real quick? All right, we're starting to... Uh... We're starting to shrink that down. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Very much part-time on the Kansas state side for 24 seven sports at gopowercat.com. Um, but the publisher of bison report and Packer report bison report being the North Dakota state men's basketball and football site. And obviously uh, Packer report being CBS interactives uh, Packers only site. Uh, I also pitch in and help Andy at uh, pack a day podcast. Other than that though, that's, pretty much it which sounds like a mouthful but it's it's certainly been uh longer a longer intro or a longer list than that before that it has and you can find ross after every packers game he's doing some live video reaction uh give or take about 10 minutes uh the post game at packer report 66 so kind of his general thoughts and tomorrow he's got his after for well uh monday or tuesdays that you get after further review uh usually up over there yeah monday tuesday what uh, we just had uh Kind of a death in the Bison family, so had had a right. had a um, family service and a funeral uh, last week, and just could not get that thing put out by Tuesday. But it'll be a Monday afternoon uh, deal for sure uh, moving forward. Absolutely, looking forward to that. So for those of you that aren't familiar, that is a just a film review of the the television broadcast because the All Twenty Two film apparently doesn't come out until Saturday afternoon or something like that yeah. nowadays. So uh, we haven't been able to get to that one until very recently. But guys, just kind of first reactions here: the Packers forty two, the Lions twenty one. My first thought is that thank God the game is four quarters because Twitter would have had me believe that the game was over at fourteen to three. Obviously, the Packers outscore the Lions. Uh, 39 to seven, if the math checks out there after that, but Sanjay, just kind of real quick, give me your first reaction, uh, in a general sense, really after seeing the Packers have now moved to two and oh, for the second consecutive year under Matt LaFleur. First, I just want to say Todd and, and Ross, this is my first time actually getting to interact with you guys on a first time basis. I, you know, in even meeting you guys, I love you guys' work. Thank you guys so much for, you know, letting me chime in with you guys. Um, yeah, as far as the game, I mean, Worldwind of emotions, and I, I will admit, okay, so I was oh, golfing, boy. and I missed the entire, like, first, like, six minutes, like, the first drive. I know. it. it, it <laughs> I had a pre, you know, this was, a you know, an engagement I had to be at, so uh, I was golfing, and I was listening, you know, I was actually done before the game started, but I was driving back home and listening to it on 101, but I, you know, as far as what I was seeing, I mean, it was... Like I thought, hey, is this vintage Packers? Whereas, like, oh, the defense can't get it going right away. Is the Packers going to be, you know, inept on offense? Is that is this what it's going to happen against the lonely Lions? And I thought that's what it was going to be because we obviously we, you know, we didn't score. And it's like, well, let's hold the brakes there because then obviously they were able to kick it into gear and you know find a rhythm, find that mo, you know, find that just that mojo again like they had in uh, in Minnesota, but. It was just a whirlwind of emotions right away, but it then it started to feel like, whoa, 
this is a different team compared to that 13 and three team. And I don't know about you guys, as far as your predictions and your expectations from there's uh, from the outlook of 2020, but I definitely had them taking a step back, at least on a 13, a 13 and three record. So this doesn't feel like that same, you know, prediction that I had, you know, before the season started. And that's a really cool feeling because obviously, you know, you never know. It's hard to be 13 and three again, especially, you know, in a new look offense, but uh, definitely a lot of emotions this week. And it was, it was a great win. And we'll get into that a little bit as far as like what this team is now and what they could right. be here towards the end. But Ross, what are some of your first thoughts? Obviously a, a 39 to seven runs never going to hurt anything, but the 14 to three against the lions, Maybe not as big of a deal, but next week is New Orleans. They're going to play some tougher teams as the season rolls on as well. But what are some of your thoughts on on this game just specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to be tremendously worried about the defense. Um, yeah, the the Minnesota game was further apart than the score indicated. But then you saw what Indianapolis did to Minnesota, and they like actually beat Minnesota in a game the way that it the score indicated the actual game. Um, then you see you know, the way that they open up things against the Lions. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, like, after maybe Bakhtari and Adams, Kenny Clark is, I mean, he's a top four, top five MVP guy. You take him out of there, what they do defensively, especially, you know, what they, what they usually give up against the run to make sure they have the pass covered. I mean, gap-wise, just simply numbers-wise, uh, they're playing light boxes always because they care about pass defense. And that's, you know, the, the league that we're in now. And, and without Kenny Clark, there demanding a double team every single time they're a free offensive lineman. And I think that's some of the stuff that you saw today. And, and just in general, um, I mentioned it right when we went on the air after the game, this Packers team can't win the Super Bowl. Now there are personnel additions. There are, even just flat-out improvements, schematic changes that can be made defensively to get them there. Um, but right now, if they play defense like this, they won't, they won't get where they need to be. And I think they'll be the first ones to tell you that. Kind of scathing right there. Okay, Todd, what are your thoughts just initially on, on a 21-point win here? Uh, like you said, you know, luckily it's a four-quarter game. I When the game was over, I wanted it to keep going. I mean, that second half was a ton of fun. Um, we, we got it going. I didn't want it to end. The start of the game uh, got me digging through old Lions and Packers matchups, and I didn't realize that we had not taken a snap against the Lions with the lead since New Year's Day of 2017, which was forever ago. Uh, so I, I definitely went dark for a little bit there, kind of rolling down that that hill of, of the – the depths of what could happen in this game. Um, but I've been, I've been high on this offense, um, you know, all off season, Jacob, you've heard me say time and time again, that MBS is, is going to be a key contributor to this offense. And, and he needs to be for this offense to really stand out and show like it is uh, as far as the defense. I mean, I know we're all, you know, not crazy about it, but when you look at, I mean, we only gave up 89 yards rushing today, which it seemed like a lot more than that. I mean, that, to start the game, I mean, they just at will carry on Johnson just walked down the field. I mean, we had no answer on that one. I, I expected a lot more AP today, um, but the the way that they just moved the ball that first drive, I was like, okay, here it goes. But they, they kind of settled in in the defense in the second half. Granted, we had the lead. Uh, we were able to stop them, but I don't, I don't think Ross is wrong. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to, to win the championship against good teams. Obviously that's what you have to do to win a championship, but it's hard to do that with a defense that just struggles to, to stop the run other than scoring points. So the other team can't run. And, and and defense. The Packers are, are they're built to throw to get ahead or run to get ahead and then be ahead. Yeah. Um, your, your best players without question, I think on the defense are corners and pass rushers. So that's where your studs are, but that's fine when it's 31 17 when it's 27 24 it's it's not as fine you know when the other team is still in their game script it's a little more problematic yeah a defense that needs to control the game more so than it's almost like you're breathing and holding on and hoping that you know a big sequence in the game was when green bay was trailing i believe it was 14 to 10 
Lions make a couple mistakes and get it to where the Packers can get a touchdown before halftime and they have that chance to double dip. But it didn't feel like that the defense really made some of those plays so much as it was Stafford takes a terrible sack uh, in his own area and then they get a holding penalty that essentially gifts Green Bay a free timeout. The Lions are going to do Lions things. If there's anything that hasn't changed about 2020, it's the Detroit Lions. I don't think there's any question about that. A few quick things I want to touch on as far as the injuries. Devontae Adams left with a hamstring injury. And Corey Lindsley left with an injury as well. I think that was a hand is what they had said. Uh, whether or not that's precautionary, whether they gave him some preventative rest. One thing I do know is if you guys thought Mike McCarthy was coy when it came to injuries, uh, Matt LaFleur is that times 20. Uh, he just is not going to give you anything in terms of injuries. He did confirm on Friday that Kenny Clark wasn't going to play, but that was about it as far as what you're going to get in terms of injuries. So that's something to keep an eye on as we get later into the week and go into the showdown. Uh, the star of this game last week, it was obviously the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show uh, with a sprinkle of MBS. Obviously this week it's, it's Aaron Jones guys. And I call him offensive weapon. That kind of became a, a bit of a running joke with the days of Denard Robinson coming into the NFL, but Aaron Jones in the passing game and the rushing game, more than 200 yards of total offense, a 75 yard game breaker to start the game. Ross, you're about as vocal as anybody gets when it comes to running backs and whether or not to pay them and all that stuff. I am under the belief that they probably shouldn't pay him, but I also think that they're going to. I think that if there's anything that's been signaled by that team is that they're they're probably going to. But this guy is an absolute star. You've been probably the first person on his train from his rookie season when they drafted him. So tell me about your guy a little bit. And I mean, have you come around at, at all on potentially paying him? Uh, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. but I mean, like that's, that's kind of the issue, right? Um, I would love a three or four year deal to bring Aaron Jones to his 28, you know, age 28, 29 season. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of seeing him in another uniform. Um, I thought what Austin Eckler got from the chargers, a similarly effective player would have been a great deal for both sides. Um, now with that said, he is outperforming that, uh, I'm going to pass out if they give him five years and 63 million, like the Vikings just gave Dalvin cook. I mean, I just, that would be beyond me. Um, it would be even more beyond me if that came at the expense of an extension for David Bakhtiari, I think, um, as great of a player as Aaron Jones is re-signing a running back over extending the best left tackle in football is is real serial killer stuff i mean just not <laughs> not not acceptable and so then you figure out okay where between the austin eckler deal which i think was somewhere around six seven million bucks for three years it was uh i can look it up here this is great uh, this is great video but i just want to be accurate with with what i'm speaking to the eckler deal was um it was like four for four for 24 so six million bucks a year um that is obviously drastically different than five for 63 (laughs) drastically different so i think you have to find like your middle ground there um you know four for 36 nine million bucks a year for four for 40 and then at four for 40 i'm getting nervous <laughs> as a, especially with um you know the way that the, the the pandemic is potentially going to affect the 2021 cap um i i get really nervous when you have a star corner in jair alexander coming up um you you certainly would love to you need to re-sign david bakhtiari i mean that just has to happen there are good young players on this team that are going to need extensions and 10, 11, 12 million bucks a year to Aaron Jones, as great as he is, would really make me nervous. Considering, I mean, it's, it's a position where you look in Jacksonville, for example, and My guy. It, <laughs> yeah, the starting running back in Jacksonville is James Robinson from Illinois state. I mean, that's, I think I asked James's last press conference question of his college career there you go and uh i saw him play in high school he just he played right up the street from where i live so i mean it's it's cool to see that but the point on that is 
is he was an undrafted player and the, the Jaguars just threw him out there and he ran for a hundred yards. And it's not like he ran for a hundred yards against some bogus team. The Titans are a, are a very good defense. Mike Vrabel's got a tough, hard nosed team. Um, it's a, it's a sticky situation. I can say this much. If they re-sign Jones and don't re-sign David Bakhtiari, there are some sins that you can forgive with the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, name, whatever you want. If you hated the Jordan love pick, fine. I think you can forgive that at some point. I don't think you can forgive that, uh, especially with a quarterback ending the twilight of his career and a young franchise quarterback. If they choose to start Jordan love at some point, that's a tough one to swallow. I think Sanjay Ross mentioned a couple names, Dalvin cook, Christian McCaffrey. Let's focus less on the contract and just more so on the player here. Is this guy in, he's not mentioned in the same breath as those two players, but should he be? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I, I, if you saw the cat, I mean, obviously everybody saw the catch. I mean, that catch is, Nasty. is a reason yeah. why I, I agree, Ross, the, the 10 mil is, is a hard pill to swallow, but that catch is another reason why I have kind of not, I haven't been a full on board of paying him, but I am on the board of just looking at, he is a, a talented player that if you don't have him, what do you bring in after that? It, AJ Dillon is probably not the same kind of impact. I mean, we don't know, but you know, he's not in that same kind of category of what Aaron Jones brings to the table. Jamal Williams, probably the same thing. Don't really have much with that. So if you are letting him go, what are you going to be getting in return? Because right now what he did today, he took over the game today. That would, I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously did his thing, but I think Aaron, I mean, Aaron Jones showed you why he should be in that same breath. I mean, Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, those are all guys that obviously changed the tilting of a game. And Aaron Jones did that in one play. He changed the tilt of that game. I mean, obviously, anytime you get out of the break or out of the halftime, you always want to double up on your points. And he did it. He literally did it in one run. And that's exactly why, you know, as much as it hurt everybody when you couldn't sign Micah Hyde. But the whole reason you do the whole homegrown thing, you 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 draft these guys, you develop, you develop them. He's a fifth round pick, and look what he does. And you don't reward him for it. It's a it sucks because you're like, look, this is exactly what you're doing in the NFL. You're growing your own guys, and they produce for you, and you don't want to pay them. It's a disrespectful thing. But you know, it's off. Obviously, you have 52 other players that you have to figure out their money too. So, but I mean. As far as the same breath, the things he's doing on a week-to-week basis, and it's going still from the from last season, he has to be in that conversation. I don't know why he isn't. I know it's like that whole Green Bay hasn't had a running back kind of thing since you know. I, I'm not even gonna say Eddie Lacy because I mean he had that. He did have a nice rookie year, but you know we really haven't had that impact player since you know Amon Green or I mean I don't know if, if I could throw Dorsey Levins in that conversation, but this is a guy that you come to watch. He really is. Yeah, he's a star, and he has been for you know three, four years. Not to pile on the former head coach, obviously, but I think that would be something that would be a lot more obvious if his usage rate was yeah, exactly. Than... He wasn't even used for like a good year, <laughs> exactly. So, and some injury issues, obviously, before that. It right. looks like, at least now, knock on wood, that Matt Lafleur has kind of found that sweet spot between uh, using him enough and not using him too much. And Todd, again, not to uh, let's not focus too much on the contract stuff on things here, but just the player himself is. Something I noticed in the passing game is the catch that we're talking about and some of the other stuff ever since really that Kansas City game last year where he just torched them is they were able and since then defenses have kind of been covering him with defensive backs. And that's an interesting mismatch that they can kind of do because now you want to talk about Matt LaFleur talks about tying the running game to the passing game and you know maybe teams have to play a little bit lighter against them now and just one more thing that they can do against them just because they have a guy like this. But I mean, again, how good is Aaron Jones? And is this somebody that you're looking to keep around for the foreseeable future? I think he's really good. I obviously, I mean, that he does it every week. It seems like the, the problem with keeping him around for the future, like we said, the contract stuff, it's, it's all there and it's tough. One thing I look at is when you, you kind of pick through the stable of backs that are there and you think, how much is it going to cost to bring Jamal back? Cause he's a free agent too. And you've got A.J. Dillon there. And so then you kind of look around the league at, at other teams that, that run this style of an offense. And I go down and you look in Tennessee. And they've got Henry. But then who do they have? Deion Lewis. 
you know, kind of running that the the scat back or the the gadget back type stuff. So just like you said down there in Jacksonville with Robinson, like here's an undrafted guy that can go out there and do it. There are running backs that are out there that can do it. And and yeah, it it, it sucks to not pay the guys that you bring in. You find them, you bring them in, they do their job incredibly well, and you can't pay them. Um, but it's not that they don't want to. It's that eventually you can or you can't. And and when it comes down to it, there's a lot of guys on this team that need to get paid. And I think running backs we've seen, they're they're kind of a dime a dozen. Um, obviously not at at Aaron Jones's talent level all the time, but if you can make that up with you know two or three guys and still be productive out of the backfield, then that might be the way to go if it's going to cost you you know ten plus mil to to stick with him. And that's kind of the question Green Bay is going to have to ask: is can they get? 80% of Jones's production with Dylan and a draft pick or Dylan and Jamal or Dylan and, you know, somebody else at, you know, a fraction of the cost. Cause Ross mentioned some of the other names, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari. He didn't mention Devonte Adams. Who's got a contract year coming up as well. That's somebody else that, I mean, there's a lot of names and I'm thankful I am not Russ ball. Uh, and that doesn't even include some of the guys that are on this team that you might need to talk about extensions, restructures, pay cuts. There's a lot of different stuff. You know, the, the free agent spending spree that they did a couple years ago was fun and it helped rebuild this team in a hurry. This is kind of where you have to pay the piper a little bit, so to speak, is now they have to figure out how to replace certain guys and, and Jones may very well end up being one of those. So that'll be interesting to see again, thankful. I'm not Russ ball. Honestly, I guess in a nutshell, if they can keep David Bakhtiari and find a number that's at least most of the way sensible for Jones, then I'll figure out a way to be okay with it. And I think I know where there's some money. All of us will say that. Uh, are you going to mention the quarterback? Because that's not going to be part of this show. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, he, no, this guy's got dreads and he plays on the offensive line. That's all. Oh, I think that, yeah, I think that's going to be a conversation that maybe we don't have with the North Dakota state guy here, but uh, that could be a, a different conversation for a different day. That, that, that part is interesting too. Cause I, I tend to think that while well, the floor pretty much confirmed it after the game that Turner was active, but he was basically uh, active Emergency, only in case right? everybody yeah. else was hurt. Yeah. Let's talk about somebody else. Uh, this guy's on the defense and that's Rashawn Gary. And the point that Peter Bukowski made, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I wanted to bring it up was, Last week, he led the uh, team in pressures. This week, had a sack and a half, kind of partied at the quarterback with Preston Smith and had a sack of his own where that one was pretty nasty. Uh, the hand usage uh, was able to kind of just get the tackle off of him. He's looked like a different player since camp, and it's been a, a, a bit of a leap for him this year. I think, Ross, on your article on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it went up, I read it said, you think that his leap, if it's coming, is in 2021. But today was a bit of a start for that. What have you seen from Rashawn so far just to start this season? And do you at least maybe agree with the assessment? Granted, it's two games, and obviously nobody's going to say Rashawn's a better player right now than Zadarius or Preston Smith, but has he been their best player through those first two games? No, Zadarius has, but um, I think, you know, and I, and I mentioned this right after the game, what you've seen with Rashawn are what you will see with Rashawn, which is, you know, he's one of the best athletes in the history of the NFL combine period. Like people that are 272 pounds don't move the way that he moves. And sometimes when you have somebody with that much burst at that much weight, with that much strength, you can get these bull rushes or like these hat, you know, where I think it was Andre Smith is who they brought in for at right tackle for the lions. Well, he's trying to chip and there's a, just a split second of miscommunication and Gary is so twitchy, so bursty that he was able to split that double team or split that basically blown chip. But what you didn't see there was an arm over or a dip or a rip or a spin. You know, you didn't see a pass rush move. And I think you will at some point, hopefully. And that's what I'm talking about, that jump. But you're still just seeing an athlete, in my opinion. And that's great. Some of the best, all of the best, basically, pass rushers that are great are phenomenal athletes. Von Miller, Miles Garrett, I mean, TJ Watt, like the studs are freaks uh, as well as technically sound. Rashawn needs to continue to work with Mike Smith to become technically sound. I've Most of his pressures so far that I've seen have been athlete pressures, and that's great. And if he continues to do that, great, super. 
I just, when I want to see that jump, when I want to see that progression from Rashawn Gary is, you know, uh, winning on his primary move or getting a tackle to set wide counter inside meet at the quarterback do play more football than play athlete. Um, but he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, that's a great start. It's I think uh, <clears throat> what we kind of talked about after the pick was made was basically somebody that big, that fast, that strong with that athletic profile, there is no ceiling. And that's kind of what the Packers I think are thinking. So Todd, obviously we didn't know each other, which is uh, that was a more fortunate time in my life, obviously, but I do know you now. And what were your thoughts on the pick at the time was made and what are your thoughts on him through his first, you know, 18 games of his career and kind of the, the leap that he made, I guess today, the nice part was to see obviously that last week he has three pressures this week. He has a few pressures, but it leads to a couple different plays and including, I mean, a pressure that led to a pick six for Shannon Sullivan. Uh, initially I liked the pick when it came in, um, after being so thin at pass rusher that we were forced to have Nick Perry out there longer than he needed to be. I've, the more you can have the better. Uh, we, we kind of saw that and then bringing him in too, and, and him not really having that set position or, or really knowing right away how they wanted to use him, understanding he was going to get that time to, to kind of hone his skills and, like Ross said, he's an athlete. Put him where where he wants to go or where you need him, and, and he'll figure out a way to not be an absolute liability out there. Um, and as he works through now and has some time to to grow and learn the system and play the way that that Mike Patton wants him to play and needs him to play, it's just pure upside on this guy. And Sanjay, that maybe Rashawn Gary and the pass rush as a whole hasn't quite been as dominant as maybe when if I had told you. Green Bay had leads of 29 to 10 against Minnesota and what was it 31 to 17 or 31 to 14 or you know whatever the split with three possession leads essentially in each of their first two games you would probably tell me that they have like 10 to 12 sacks and a million quarterback hits and stuff like that and it just hasn't been that as of yet does that concern you at all as we move forward on this season or would you say it's just a short sample at the moment Uh, Sanjay, we're missing a mic. So if we can figure that part out, we're going to, we're going to go into that. So Sanjay's talking, but nobody can hear you. All right. Here we go. Sorry. Number there we 97. Go. There we go. Sorry. Number 97. I, it, it's a, it's a fluid thing with that line and that creates that pressure as well. They're taking stress off from those, you know, guards helping out those tackles. And I just, I just think that you're seeing what the impact that obviously Kenny Clark has in that middle. And, you know, I think, when I've been noticing, I mean, they're still getting there, but you know, obviously they're not getting home as much as we'd like, but you know, I just think the defensive line is obviously my, my biggest, you know, scare as far as what we look like. I mean, I know the pass rush is, you know, what you asked me, but like I, it, it's, you know, counter, I mean, it's, it's part of it. It's just what they can do to, you know, relieve that pressure on the outsides can give them that home run hit. And so I, I mean, I, I'm still in hope that we can, you know, obviously up it up, I mean, or up the pressures. And I think, you know, as far as Preston's Darius, I think they've shown that at least they are consistent enough in the, in their pass rushers. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a pass rush guy, but <laughs> I will say at least from watching it, you know, you can see the evidence of what it means that 97 is not there. Yeah. I think that's fair. There's a couple plays today. For example, I think there was a third down where Stafford escaped up the middle and like you immediately think like that's a pass rushing situation where you know instead of Kenny Clark rushing we have Montrevious Adams and Tyler Lancaster pushing up the middle nothing against those guys but those guys aren't pass rushers that's just not something they're going to be able to do I mean the numbers are there a little bit you know Zadarius has a sack in each of the first two games that's great Preston Smith a little bit quieter uh, which you could call that disappointing if you want to. I mean, I think it's a short he's in a, He's in a lot of coverage, uh, which I don't really want to see a lot. I mean, I, I saw a couple times where he was getting beat in coverage. I'm like, what? I mean, I you're kind of paying him go for forward, one thing. Don't go I, backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, the exactly. obsession that some defensive coordinators and coaches have and the stuff we talk about, and this is stuff around the combine and draft stuff all the time with pass rushers moving 
back away from the quarterback. I just, I mean, I know Preston can do that every once in a while and that's great. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. So <laughs> that's something hopefully that Mike Patton realizes he doesn't understand. And next week he's got uh, players getting after Drew Brees. Cause something you need to know is, is next week. I don't know if there's, if next week's game is a cure for the pass rush, just because Drew Brees is get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. You know, that's a game where the Packers are going to have to be really, really sound in their coverage uh, and making tackles because Breeze is not going to hold the ball the way that some of these other quarterbacks they're facing might. So that'll be something to watch. But guys, much like last year, and we'll finish up here, uh, they're 2-0. and They're 2-0 and in the division. They've won one game on the road. They've won one game at home. But it looks very, very different this year than it did last year. Last year, they obviously won a slog fest in Chicago. One touchdown between the two teams. They get an interception in the back of the end zone from not a playmaker, Adrian Amos, to finish off that game against Chicago. And then Minnesota, they score 21 points in a blink and then just kind of hang on for dear life and Kirk Cousins throws up an airmail at the end of the game. This year, back-to-back 40 burgers, the defense is not – I don't think you know, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers smiling and saying, we've got a defense necessarily after these first two games. I think you could say the defense has been good at – good enough. I don't even know if you would even say that actually, I guess off of that point, but you look around the NFC now, San Francisco just lost probably their best player for the entire season with Nick Bosa going down with an injury. That's a big deal. You, you look around at some of the, the NFC East is what it has been, what it feels like for the last 10 years and wildly mediocre. Uh, you look at the NFC South Tampa Bay has a 45 year old quarterback. That's not very good anymore. New Orleans is probably good. Um, the NFC West is good. Seattle currently trailing right now to New England, 14 to seven and Arizona looks like a surprise team. But Ross, you mentioned that this team can't win the Super Bowl with the way they're presently playing. Now, like you said, there are things that can change. They can make additions. They could, you know, have a defensive lineman come in a receiver, you know, just something they could add something. And Brian Gutekunst has shown a willingness to be active at the trading deadline in the past, uh, or at least signing guys and bringing people in, you know, whatever that case may be, but what, what can they do? What can they be? What is this team's ceiling? Because I think it's been, like kind of Sanjay mentioned earlier, widely expected that this team is going to take a step backwards from 13-3. and three. But I don't know if a lot of people even really had this team as taking a step backwards but still being a bona fide Super Bowl contender. And they are. I mean, they are a Super Bowl contender. There's no question about that. I just – you think about how well the 2010 team was playing on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. And this team is not playing that way defensively. Um, they're not playing even as well as last year's Chiefs were, and they're probably not that good on offense, although they're good. <laughs> it seems to be that they are good. Um, just kind of from top to bottom, though, I think defensively they need to play better. Uh, offensively, I don't have a lot of concerns right now. I think a lot of those will be kind of fleshed out due to injury. I think um, – Honestly, getting Billy Turner in there for Lucas Patrick is going to be a major upgrade uh, as long as he's healthy. Billy Turner from week one to 16 was a very average to above average NFL guard, and that has value, tremendous value, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, week 17 and playoff Billy Turner was was hurt, and he wasn't good. There's just, just no way around it. Uh, but but getting him in there to play a, uh, next to Wagner, I think, would be a, a big move forward for for the team. Um, I think that would be the best version of this offense. Then just a little confidence boosters for Jay Sternberger, little confidence boosters from Valdez Scantling, but man, Lazard is just nails. And so is Aaron Jones. And we haven't even seen what AJ Dillon can do, except for some really exciting things against like nine and a half man boxes. Uh, defensively though, Savage and Amos, man, they just, they have to be better. They, they are. Mm-hmm. One is paid to be better, and the other is drafted to to be better. And once those guys get going, I think everything in front of them can tighten up a little bit as well. Yeah, that was something that felt like on the broadcast was just they've had a really tough start to the year. Maybe I need to say something about that because I said Shannon Sullivan's had a rough start to the season, and like five plays later, he had a pick six. So, and actually, not just the pick six, he had a really nice stretch of play after. Well, right, and Shannon was really rough against Minnesota, specifically in run support. He was abysmal, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you know got beat up on by uh, Amendola a little bit early, and then the pick six and the PBU to force a punt were just absolutely game shifting plays. Yeah, and he had another play later in the game like that. Sometimes with a player like that, 
it almost feels like it's, you know, Jay Sternberger is kind of this way as well. It's one play of they're put in that position because the team is confident, but they're not necessarily confident in themselves. And that's the one play that kind of turns that tide to them. Sanjay, it's different. Like we've said, 40, you don't have any hair because of one of those games, obviously, but how good can this team be? How good can this offense be? I mean, have they, have they quelled some of your concerns moving forward? Look, man, we probably missed out on three touchdowns today. The drops are so like uh, they hurt a lot. And Jay Sternberger, is, <laughs> he's probably getting a bad grade this week because I mean, I don't know how you miss two catches that are literally in your hands. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously rookie or it's kind of his rookie campaign. Um, you know, it's, he's still, you know, adjusting to the NFL life, but MVS as well. I know he comes back and he gives you that big, you know, uh, deep play that he gives you, but you know, I, the drops, I, I feel like we missed out on three touchdowns. I think we could have easily been in the fifties today. And, uh, you could even argue last week too. And we took the gas, uh, we took the pedal or our foot off the pedal, you know, in the fourth quarter when we had six minutes left. And that's another, you know, probably a good score if we really wanted to be aggressive and run up the score. But, you know, I, I think this, this offense is something scary. I mean, if it's all, I want to see what happens on a perfect game because, you know, like when we had that Raiders game where everything was working right, mm-hmm. I would love to see what that score would be because the 40 burgers probably would be coming out and I might actually say 40 points in my prediction. Yeah. And the Packers have had, I believe if memory serves so that I'm going off memory, so forgive me, but they've punted twice in two games. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Right? And both of them are because I forgot who are punters. <laughs> yeah. Both of them were because of self-inflicted wounds as well. This yeah. wasn't like uh it's not like well, no, they've punted more than twice because they've punted a couple times today, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah. the punt team hasn't participated a ton. But anytime they've punted, it's not like the opposing defense has made a lot of plays. It really has been friendly fire, self-inflicted wounds, whether it's a drop or the, you know, the one, the first punt that sticks out in my head is when Rogers took a sack, when the team was in field goal range, Sternberger had the drop before that they had the holding penalty before that. Mm-hmm. There was just so much that went wrong in a short span of time. I think that what I would like to see is, yeah, like you said, Sanjay, it's kind of the same against Minnesota is Minnesota had nothing, no answers for green Bay and green Bay. The only time they stopped or Minnesota stopped green Bay was when green Bay stopped themselves. I mean, they kicked two field goals and turned the ball over on downs in the red zone. Otherwise, it was a smoke show for this Packers offense. And I think that's what is the most exciting. I think overall, Ross mentioned it and uh, Ross had to take off, obviously. So we want to thank Ross for stopping by. Um, Find him over at Packer Report, obviously, and at Ross Uglum for his Twitter handle. Um, But thank you to Ross for that. He mentioned if these defensive players, Savage and Amos, you get a little more consistent production from the pass rush and Kenny Clark back in the lineup. I mean, this is a defense where I think there is more raw talent on the defensive side of the ball than the offense. So if the offense can score and it certainly looks like they can score, if the defense can do just enough, it kind of feels like what we've been saying for the entire Aaron Rodgers tenure as the starting quarterback. But I think this defense has more talent than maybe any group that he's ever had. Todd, they're two and oh, they're two and oh in the division. They have a big game against New Orleans next week. How good can this team be? Are they a, are they a title contender? I think they are. And uh, Jacob, you and I were talking about it earlier. And these two matchups that they just had work great for not having a preseason. Uh, we saw a lot of good stuff come out of there. We saw a lot of bad stuff too. Um, I think, you know, the drops, those are typically things that you see early in camp. They're, they're, they're in the preseason and then they kind of work themselves out. The, the missed tackles, the miscommunications on defense, those things kind of shake themselves out. So these guys getting that time to play together, being able to work, think, you know, work through those issues. I think a big thing was, you know, MVS, he had that, the, the second hit that he took, uh, the one down the sideline that he caught. I think just the fact that he held on to that after taking that, you know, the, the kind of scary moment that he had diving for that one. Um, but then to know he's going to take that hit again and still hold on to that ball, even though he was out of bounds, that just, again, that's those drops working themselves out. It's, it's him building that confidence and, and working off of that. I think we'll see Sternberger get there. Otherwise, hopefully we see Deguara get back in there and Sternberger just finds a, a lesser role, um, which would be unfortunate for him. Cause I think he's going to be really good, but I think those are some things that they'll work out as they go 
the defense will start clicking and playing better together. You know, brand new middle linebackers, uh, both positions there for the most part. The safeties, they do. They've got to play better. Um, that's that's really what it comes down to on that back end. Um, but I think, you know, you get those guys playing better, you get Kenny Clark back in there. And and this is definitely a title contender. I'm sorry, you mentioned DeGuara. What's his first name again? Josiah? Yeah, I, I love Josiah. <laughs> I'm going to use the crap out of that graphic between now and the end of the year. So, that yeah, that's kind of my thoughts as well, guys. They're 2-0. Uh, it looks different than last year. Something I believe about the modern NFL is that the that offense is more sustainable from a week to week than a defense is, uh, and that's why you know, I was concerned last year as the game continued to go because if you're playing defense, and I'm not saying I know the common phrase I guess is defense wins championships, but I I think that's outdated, and you guys just saw it a year ago where the number one offense beat the number one defense. So I'm not saying that'll happen every single time. But just from a week-to-week sample in the regular season of the NFL, I think that the offense is going to be more sustainable because there's less moving parts on stuff like that. So I think that this team, they're 2-0. and It looks different than it has. I would like to see them. I mentioned this during the game, how when they get that lead, I would like this defense to almost take the attitude of suffocate them and step on their, you know, something that these teams that the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks had or the 2000-ish Ravens with Ray Lewis and these teams that just had that that mentality of, you're not going to score. I don't care what the score is. I don't care about the clock. What I care about is the point. Our offense can run the clock. We're not going to let you run the clock. We're not going to let you score. That's the big point. And I'm not saying that we're letting them. Shout out, Mom. But I would like to see them play a little bit less soft throughout the course of the game. And let's get after some people and get some things going guys. We've run a little bit long on time. I appreciate you guys for sticking around with me. Let's go around the NFL just a little bit, just to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun with everything. Anything that stood out today to you guys, my biggest thing is Minnesota sucks. And I mean, it's something I've been trying to explain. It looks good though, right? Oh, it's great. Something I've been trying to explain to people since the season kind of started and we've had this discussion about, you know, could Minnesota win the division? And I was like, what is Minnesota good at that matters? They can't pass block. Kirk cousins is their quarterback. So it's like, that's, that's not a terrible thing. I mean, he's not Mitch Trubisky, but he's not Aaron Rodgers either. He wasn't that good. Well, (laughs) today he was not, no, (laughs) but it's like, he's not going to, he's not going to cover. He's not going to mask the flaws of a team that has things like that. They rush the passer okay, but they really don't have any beef in the middle. And their corners are really young. They're in a transition year as far as their cornerbacks go. I think this is a year where you're going to see Minnesota not quite bottom out because I don't think they're going to finish 3-13 and 13 or anything stupid like that. And I hope they don't because I'd like to see them finish like 8-8 eight and eight and miss out on Trevor Lawrence and those kinds of guys too. <laughs> but Minnesota stinks. And I don't see any end in sight for anything like that. And then the Atlanta Falcons just – Maybe they should just never play with a lead. Like just ever, ever play with a lead. Like, <laughs> did they not know that you can touch the ball before it goes 10 yards? I I don't know if that special teams coach needs to be like put on notice or if this I would player. fire him like today. That I mean, that was Hayden Hurst. It wasn't like some random Joe. Like that was Hayden Hurst right there that could have easily made a play. So I'm <laughs> I'm a little confused. I'm baffled yeah. actually. Yeah. The so only I'm thing into- the only thing I thought on that is that those guys were standing there looking at the spin on that going, I'm going to wait for somebody else to jump on that one. Cause you're not going to stop, which is, I don't think you get to the NFL having that cowardice of an attitude of going, well, I can't make that. Play. I can't grab that ball off the ground. That's just not something I'm capable of. I'll let someone else do it. But I mean, it had that spin and that was the only thing is that those guys were looking at it. Like I've never seen a ball spin like that before. So I'm going to stay away, but it was, Definitely not a good look, and I don't know if the entire coaching staff should be getting a ride home. Uh, I, I, we talked about this pre-show, Todd, and you know we mentioned a, a game that happened in the Pacific Northwest, and at the time I was pro not firing the head coach, but the more I think about it, if you lose a game like that in the postseason, so for Atlanta's sake, twenty, because I'm, I'm not going to bring up the game that happened in Seattle, but <laughs> if you are winning twenty-eight to three, greetings from Germany. Tag, my friend. That is awesome. Welcome. Thank you very Ach nein, much. Ach nein. That's all I know. 
don't really have anything of note. Just wondering if the round table misses McCarthy. Uh, listen, um, no. as a coach, <laughs> no. Um, listen, I think Mike McCarthy is the best coach in the history of this franchise, not named Vince Lombardi. Um, that being said, his time had run its course and they're in a great position with Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is one of the best coaches in the NFL and he doesn't get his due. And I feel very comfortable in saying things like that. He has been phenomenal as somebody that when he got hired, everybody just kind of went, what Matt Laf- LaFleur? Like, I think, I, I don't know who people thought was going to get the job, but he didn't get the, I know like Josh McDaniels was a popular name, but I think my lucky stars every day. That's not who the head coach is of the green Bay Packers. I don't, Trust that dude as far as I can throw him. So, um, Todd, I, I believe you referred to him as mashed potato Mike. So, uh, I'm going to go yeah, ahead and I, guess you don't miss Mike McCarthy. I don't miss him. Uh, much like Sanjay made a bet. I too made a bet with McCarthy that if he sees the start of year three in Dallas, I will get a bowl of mashed potatoes tattooed on my rear end. Well, uh, you're going to lose that bet. I will. I, you know what? I, I feel like Jerry has changed. And he will he, cut his Jason Garrett through. coached that team for a decade. And he learned from this. Jerry, no, he's got a shorter no, leash now. The coach farted in his office. What are you Did you see about? how much they cheered today? They, 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 it's as if they won the Super Bowl today. <laughs> I know. I know. And he's going to get their hopes up, and then they're going to go back. Not to only the, that, but, like, Mike McCarthy's a good coach. They're going to win with him. He's a very successful NFL head coach. Yes, he's told us about it. I and he's it. correct when he said that. That is objectively I, factual when he said that. You know that, right? Absolutely, but he is just as boring as unsalted mashed potatoes in his <laughs> play calling, in his personality, and in his body type, which, again, that's I got the same thing going on. I get it, Mike. We're big guys, but I, I don't miss him. I, I was ready for him to go, and, and uh, I think him and Dallas deserve each other. Uh, Sanjay, I will fight this man. Listen, <laughs> no, I'm not going to fight you. Like I said, his time was up. Mike McCarthy. Oh, yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple different times. He's one of the best men I've ever had the fortune of meeting. Um, he was a really good coach in his time here. His time was up. I don't wish him well in Dallas because he's in Dallas and I hate the Cowboys, but I wish him as well as you can wish the Cowboys head coach, if that makes any sense. So uh, anyways, I had asked originally about yeah. your impressions from around the NFL. So we were talking about, I guess the Cowboys kind of relay into that, but anything else that you guys noticed around the NFL today that you guys want to go over? It's cool to see that like the whole best division kind of thing kind of like changes like yearly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was a second where we were kind of maybe the, the, the toughest division, obviously the NFC South is always going to be talked about. Um, but that NFC West I mean, I know the 49ers lost a lot of guys <laughs> today. It was a bad week. Uh, but, you know, the Cardinals is an interesting story. And the Rams look good again. And that's with all these, without all those big names, you know, um, that you're kind of like wondering to cast the characters of like who. And I, I know they just signed Robert Woods like last night, I think, or today. I, I forgot what uh, day that was. But, you know, that, that division definitely is you know, we're watching the Seahawks too, and they just tied it up, but it's, it's going to be a tough division. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if two teams coming out of that, coming out of that division uh, for the playoffs. Heck maybe three. I don't know. I would say all four of those teams might be good. Right. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't very high on Seattle, but Arizona's looked really good through two weeks. They've won both of their games. They beat San Francisco last week. That was a big one, obviously Uh, beat up on Washington today. So that is what it is, but you know, Mm. you got to win who against who's in front of you. Yeah. What do you make of the Bears? Because obviously the NFC North has two two and O teams and two O and two teams. Bears obviously have the big comeback last week against Detroit. They survive a last second win today against the Giants. Uh, I literally saw the last play and that was it as far as that game went. But what do you make of Chicago? Is this is this the team, if you will, to fear in the NFC North? I mean, you saw more of that game than I did. Oh, kudos. Um, okay, my, <laughs> but my stepdad's home and he's a Bears fan, so he was talking about it uh well you can't pick I, your stepdad i guess i don't know so. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately not on it it's it's his biggest fault it's one of his few so we we let it slide um i they're not i mean they played the lion they're two and oh they played the lions last week and they they won and i'll leave it at that they played the giants this week 
who are the Giants? Name name five people that play. And they lost Saquon. And I would say the Giants' best player got hurt in the first yeah, half. So, exactly. I mean, so I mean, no, I'm not. They're the Bears. They're gonna have I, a a solid defense and just if Mitch plays well, fantastic. He's played well for a quarter this year. That means he's got two and a half quarters of playing well left this year. Uh, maybe three if he progresses. So no, I'm not, I'm not concerned. I will say this of the teams in the North, the bears were the ones that worried me the most, just because if you went before the season and asked me which team has the best individual unit, I said the bears defense was the best individual unit on all four of those teams. And I still think that's true. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. They've got some players on that side of the ball. That being said, you answered your question when you said Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Eventually, Green Bay is going to be able to score. You know, Last year, they were able to put up points on that defense. They just kind of got into a slog against them a couple different times. This year, the offense is better. It's more efficient. I think they'll be able to do some things against them. So that's my thought on on the NFC North as a whole guys, we are out of time. I thank you guys for stopping in. Be sure to check us out at game on WI on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube game on Wisconsin. Check out the website game on WI.com Tuesday nights. We've got bringing the funk Sanjay, Fred and Matt, the freezer podcast uh, Sanjay, obviously with a freshly shaven head, uh, so we don't have any bets like that. I got to get Fred to make a bet or something like that. I feel like, I don't know. Does Fred <laughs> have hair? I've, I've never seen Fred without a hat. He does. So I don't... He, ha- he has good hair too. And I don't know why he doesn't show it. He just loves his hat. So okay. uh, stay tuned on Tuesday. Maybe you might get a bet. There you go. Okay. So I'm going to have to check that out on Tuesday. And Todd, we've obviously got him in the bar on Wednesday nights with Dan Kotnick and Jimmy Christensen with Lombardi's bar. And you can catch me all over the place. So <laughs> if there's a spot to fill in, I try and find that as much as I can. 321 in the morning, Robin. I kudos like that is awesome that you stayed up to stick around with thank us you. the packers really are a worldwide thing thank you guys for that that was awesome uh, thank you guys for sticking around in the chat justin backwards thank you for sticking around uh cory obviously thank you for coming around fred you were here i did know that i just didn't bring you up earlier so fred thanks for stopping in uh, mom always a pleasure obviously my mom watches every show so that's great for those kinds of things but guys it was fun the packers are two and oh that's really what matters the most to all of us i think we would feel pretty confident in saying that, but check out everything. We've got everything coming starting tomorrow. It's victory Monday tomorrow with the happy hour. So Maggie Loney and Perry Goldstein will take you guys through everything. Thank you guys for listening and go pack go.